Welcome back to another edition of the Bow Rush Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Stowe. You're listening to episode 22. Okay, so there's a lot of different controversial topics going around these days about hunters in different locations around the world. And I have to give my simple point of view. Unless you honestly know what that hunter's doing, if you don't know what's going on in that side of the world, if you don't have your facts all together, then you really should stay out of the conversation. And that goes for us hunters as well, because honestly, if you don't know how to speak to somebody in the best way to make sure that an anti-hunter can accept our our point of view about hunting, stay out of it. One of the things that if you are a hunter and you truly believe in what you do, definitely back it up. But if you don't know all the facts and you can't commit to what you're trying to say to someone else, step away, don't let the conversation proceed. It will blow over just like everything else. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need to have a voice. You should speak your mind. We do have the greatest country in the world that lets you have the freedom of speech. But if you don't know how to engage into a conversation to where that anti-hunter can actually accept your point of view, they don't have to agree with your point of view. The idea is that they at least accept it. That's all we're looking for. And if you didn't say it correctly, you're just going to give us a bad name. Now I got that out of the way. Let's get to the show. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about different bow manufacturers, and this episode, we're covering Elite Archery. We brought on Anthony Dixon back onto the show. I think you're going to really enjoy the show because one of the things that he talks about is why Elite is so easy to shoot, why so many people are starting to move over to Elite as their bow of choice. So you should definitely listen to this. He's got some great knowledge. Let's get the show on the road. So Anthony, are you on the line? I am. Hey man, how's it going? <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hot. It, uh, I guess it's August, so it's been pretty hot for what we are normally used to in the 90s. I think it's hotter where you're at, though, isn't it? It's about 93 today. Okay, yeah, a little bit worse than where I'm at. Well, thinking about this week, we've been going and discussing about bows, and mm-hmm. you shoot elite, and so I figured you'd be probably the best person to talk with when it comes to the bow manufacturer from Elite Archery. Sure, thanks. Awesome, okay. Well, if you wouldn't mind, I, I, most people have probably heard from you, and they know that you've been an archer for many years, and you've been on and used different bow manufacturers, but I guess in the last couple of years, transitioned to Elite Archery, and there's a reason for it, though, isn't there? Yeah, in 2013, I was shooting for one of the other manufacturers. I think that that manufacturer, which is is no secret, I shot for Hoyt uh, for a number of years, and then it came time mainly... You know, I, I was really just uh, as an employee is, is kind of how I looked at myself. As we all are in life, it was time for me to move on. And I wanted to move on on my own, if that makes sense. And, and I wasn't sure where I was going. And I just happened to have and know uh, one of the owners at the time of Elite Archery, who was Garrett Armstrong. And I'd known him from doing work with him up at what it was called was Bowcats at the Bird, which is a, a huge 3D shoot that was at a ski resort called the Snowbird in Utah. And I brought that shoot there to 11,000 feet and added a tram and had some of the most extreme shooting conditions in the world and i didn't talk with garrett too much back then you know because obviously i was shooting for another manufacturer and but he was just always a nice guy and and i liked that about him he was always very honest but very cool calm you know just mellow and um you know him and i got to talking one day after after i had quit hoyt and i didn't have a place to go and 
and I talked to him, and uh, just worked out to be a great thing. Uh, and, and and then at the same time, it was funny. It's like they came out with um, at the time. In 2013, they came out with Cerakoted Cams and your Cable Guard, and certain things were starting to change the look of their bows and not having such a high sheen level. When you're saying when, when you're saying Cerakoted, what does that mean? Well, Cerakoted is a ceramic coating that basically started in the tactical side of things, and Garrett saw a need for it. He was watching guys like myself painting their cams or their limb pockets and stuff like that, and he's like this is ridiculous you know there's, there's these guys are really good at what they do and here they are adding you know spray paint to their bows and and, and getting rid of this high sheen level and so i was talking to him and he was telling me about new ideas that were coming down the pipe and uh it was very intriguing and, and i i said you know yeah i'd like to work for you you know and and in doing so it was just before the big you know, boom, where they kind of imploded. They'd been selling for, I think, around four or five years uh, previous of that. And then when I got on, it was like right when I needed to get on and a uh, very exciting time in their company. And I was like, well, just like any guy, I'm like, how is this going to shoot? How is it going to feel in my hand? I've had a Hoyt in my hand. I always tore off their handles that they had and their side plates and I would dump that immediately, you know, and I was really concerned with it. And it took me a little while to get used to it uh, climbing in the throat of the grip, uh, is what we call it. And um, But what I was most impressed with, one, they were very nice and easy to work with, and then they came out with the Energy 35, and I blown away how easy it was to draw the bow, and hold the bow on target, and it was much, much different than what I had been used to shooting for Hoyt. I'll be very frank, I don't like Hoyt's cam systems. They call it a cam and a half system. Now, here's where I have a difference, because a cam and a half system has got a split split yield. That's where the, the one of the cables is splits and goes on either side of the cam, and you have cam lean, which, you know, it is a big thing, but it isn't a big thing. But keeping time on the bow is a big thing. And that basically means when you draw the bow to full draw, are both cams, if they have stops on them, do they come around and meet at the same time? Does that make sense? Yes. That's the timing of the cam rotation, correct? That is correct. One time I was out hunting in Colorado, and I had some severe temperatures but the bow came out of time, and I lost four yards on my sight, which for long deer, distance, that's a that's a big difference. Yeah, and I ended up, you know, I ended up not killing the deer, and whatever, you know, I, I guess it would be arguable. Someone would say, "Well, I don't have to do that anymore with an elite." I don't. Hmm. Their cam system is really cool. It's very simple, and it works. And I don't have to worry about it. When I'm looking. At the Elite, I mean, it seemed like almost every, I think they have five new models. They have the Elite 32, the Elite 35, a Synergy, a Victory, and a Spirit. And now, out of all five, the only one that looks different kind of from each one of them is called like the Victory. But majority of them, their designs look fairly similar to each model. I guess there's not much of a change, but just small variations. Um, brace heights. Uh, and then you can also go in from length of uh, cam to cam, and those those are big differences, you know. 
when you get into brace heights and you get over, you know, you start looking at how the bows are designed and they try to do a really good job of building a bow just about for everybody. Now, they don't have as large a lineup as some manufacturers, but I think that's good. I, I think some manufacturers or some people, customers, um, can get confused really quick. They're like, well, what does all this mean? What is this draw length? And what is this draw force cycle? <laughs> what the hell is a brain type, you know? I, I don't 31 know. flavors, how you know what to choose. Yeah, I, I think I think for them, when you, you know, when you draw one of their bows back and you come to full draw, you release the arrow, you're impressed at how easy it draws and how the recoil is. And that's very, very big. And they're built on a modular system, so they have mods that can change your draw length. And I've had a great experience with this because rather than not having that uh, variation where when you draw a bow back that's a 28-inch draw length from one manufacturer to another to another to another, and you test out four of them that are all at 28, they all vary a little bit. But with Elite, I can get into that 28 and a half, 28 and a quarter and feel very good. And I really, really like um, their cam system. When you're saying 28 and a half, 28 and a quarter, are you talking about it not only has, has like the length. the length allows you to change it that precise? I, I mean, I'd say pretty much, yeah. Hmm. I mean, sometimes it depends on your tack and how he does things and twisting cables up to, you know, there's some things there that they kind of work magic with, I'll say. Okay. Attack, attack at a shop. Right. Um, I've just found that to the average archer that grabs a bow off the shelf, shoots the damn bow, it's very easy to shoot an elite bow. And that's what I want. I've shot their bows at 7 and 15 minus in temperature. 15 minus. That's pretty cold. Yeah, most guys wouldn't even think about it. And I was out on the ground spotting stalks, so I had a little bit of blood moving through my body. But then we would get pinned down for 20 minutes to two hours with a wind chill in there and draw the bow back, no creaking, and still perform. I'm not saying that other bow manufacturers, they can't do that. I'm just telling you that that's what my elite does. I wanted to kind of go back real quick. That time when you went to that hunting trip, was that when you were backpacking as well as camping in a tent? You did some photos you were posting out. Was that when you did that? Um... There was some heavy snow, uh, you're inside a, a tent, and I think you did a little video work around that same time. Um, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I, I know, know. You, you do a lot of it, so I can see it might be a little difficult. Yeah, I, um, I know like this year I have a Colorado hunt, I'll be there, and I'll be hunting mule deer for 10 days. And that's, that's one of those hunts that not very many people do. It'll be everything that you have is on your back. Um, I enjoy those types of hunts. Um, they're challenging and fun, and I'm not a stranger to that type of hunting and, and that type of hauling of those loads. And But to go into a situation like that and have the confidence that you have with that particular bow, that I dig that. that I, that's nice. Very I, nice. I remember shooting, you said the Elite 35 is the one you shoot, correct? Yep. One day that Scott and I was shooting out in the back of one of his buddy's property, and he allowed me to try his bow. His bow, I think, had a 28 draw length maybe shorter either way when i pulled the bow back 
you were right about how when you pull back, and it had a really strong back wall, something I wasn't used to because the um, I use a Matthews Adrenaline, and it doesn't really have that strong of a back wall. But when I pulled the Energy 35, it was a big eye-opener when you were telling me what back wall was meant to be like, and I just felt like I was hitting something. I did not have to feel like I had to keep pulling back, and I was surprised how efficient that was. Yeah, you're you're coming to to full draw when you hit it, just like you said, you're exactly right. It's a back wall. And I think, you know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of everyone, but I think people really like knowing that there's something solid there because in their mind, subconsciously, it tells them, I'm at full draw, and they can hold the shot. Now, this is where things with 80% let off is unbelievably nice. And what it allows the archer to do, whether he or she knows it, is it allows you to aim the bow. So you're at full draw, you draw it back, you hit the back wall, you can hit it hard, or you can control your draw, which I like to do. And when you hit the back wall, now your mind changes, and and your subconscious switches over. And for a lot of people, they say, level the bubble. And then they start their aiming process, and they put the pin on, and then they leave the pin, the pin becomes fuzzy, and then they focus downrange on the target, and then they start pulling through the shot, and then there's supposed to be a surprise break, and that's bam. And when it goes off, your pin was floating around on the target, and it'll have a pattern, and this is called pin float. And you do want a small, it doesn't necessarily go in a circle. Let's just get this clear. It kind of, if you were to draw a triangle and the triangle, bottom of the triangle is on the left side, is kind of how it floats for a right-handed shooter. Does that make sense? Kind of. So take a diamond. We're looking at a diamond. Draw a diamond on a piece of paper. Now draw a diamond where the, the point of the diamond is on the left lower lower left-hand corner. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's kind of, and now soften those edges with your pencil, and that's how your pin floats for a right-handed shooter. Now, the lighter the bow, the larger this becomes because it's harder to hold it on target. And remember, most bows are really weighted hard on the right-hand side. That's where the quiver is. That's where the arrows are. That's where the sight's mounted on that side. Everything is on the right side of the bow for a right-handed bow, right? Yeah. So that's what creates this pin-float pattern, pin-float pattern. And with an elite, because they are a little heavier, and people are like, well, I don't know if I like that weight. Well, the next time you're at a shop, have a guy put put a sight on it and draw it back and just watch your breathing. Now, you're supposed to be breathing... You know, normally, when you're in your shot, then you're going to, as you exhale on your last breath, you're going to shut it down halfway and hold your breath. And you start pulling through the shot, pulling on the trigger, equal pressure until the release goes off. Those bowls hold on target extremely well. I don't even have a stabilizer on my bow right now. Really? No. I don't have any V-bars going out to the side. I have no counterbalance. And no device that is holding my bow on target right now. And you're saying basically because of how they have the weight and how it's been uh, distributed between the bow itself, that's helping with the balance. Yes. What's the average weight that they're kind of coming out with with their bow? Is it over four pounds? Is it you know four and a half? Uh-huh. 
what I shoot is the Energy 35, and that's at 4.5 pounds. So okay. then you can go to the 32, which is 4.3 pounds. So they're just over 4 pounds. Now, when you go to the Synergy, uh, this is 4.4, and you're getting into smaller axle-to-axle. Like a 33.5 axle-to-axle is our Synergy, which is a little bit smaller, nice for tree stands, nice for ground blinds. For me, at a 28-inch draw length, Energy 35 is a little long at 34 and 3 quarters. But here's the catch. She sits on target, and I'm not a target shooter. I think those guys are the best in the world at shooting. My hat is off to them. We currently have Levi Morgan that works for the company, the outdoor group, who is owns Elite, and you know he's bar none. He's not even he's not even beating everyone this year. He's kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> and I mean it. I mean he's I mean he's just crushing it. You I know, think... is it an accident? Because he shot for Matthews. They have a very smooth bow. They right. have a very good bow. They've always had good bows, just like all the manufacturers have a good bow. But why does Levi Morgan put a an elite bow in his hand and be able to do what he's doing this year? Is it coincidental? I guess not. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot of things that make a shooter good. He's using his actual bow that he hunts with, too. Isn't that one of the things he was talking about, that he gets to use the bow that he goes hunting with in the actual 3D the shoot, 3D shoots that he goes after? Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you know, it's just, that's the way it's working. And then... Here's the real kicker that, that no one ever talks about. They have the best warranty in the business. Go go look up all the manufacturers and post up on Facebook tomorrow, and you tell me who will send you a bow when you go on a hunt. And if you send in your information to Elite that says, my name's Anthony Dixon, I live at such and such address, I'm going to be hunting at this particular spot in this particular town, this is how far my peak site is away from my anchor point, this is the rest I use. This is the site I use, and they will build you a bow, and they will send it to you. Who's doing that? That's like uh, as for warranty, as in if something goes wrong yeah. with your bow, they'll send you a different one. That's a warranty. And then here's another kicker. So I can take my bow, sell it to you, and you can have the same warranty. It's cross ownership. Yeah. Well, that's different. Yeah, because I know some uh, that seems to be they'll give you a limited warranty based on the original owner, but once you sell it, it's gone. So they literally let you sell the bow and the warranty goes with it that is really cool who does that i have not read anybody yet that's the first time i've heard of it now go ahead and throw a pair of winner's choice strings on it look up the winner's choice strings video that just came out like a month ago you'll be blown away travis at how they make a string and they can't show you everything right but it's way different than you think Big, huge machines, like propellers moving in opposite directions and crossing the strings and building the strings. And that's a that's a, like $185, $200 string that comes on your bow. It comes with the bow. It's a custom string. It's not going to stretch. You don't have a rubber tube that is tied to your cable that comes over to straighten out your peep so you can see. You can put a peep in there and no rubber tube. Hmm. I mean... That's sick. They've got limb saver dampeners on them. Other manufacturers have those. There's work. I haven't had anything fall off. They just build a, a really good, a really good bow. You know, their cage system on the riser, it's, it's basically a, kind of a surround two-hole. You 
can look from the front of the riser to the back, that cage system added 17% more strength to the to the uh, riser. So the riser, just so we get this straight, the riser is what the limbs are attached to. That's that big piece of aluminum. Right. It's what you're holding on to, other than just the handle itself. Yes. And for them to stiffen up that that riser the way they did and make it look cool, you know, I'm in. It's just it's just smart. I I, I don't know. I I I've been impressed. And I'm not saying that because I work for them. If I if I was a bow hunter and I see these guys buying bows, and it kills me some of the the bows they buy, I would never buy a PSE. My opinion, I don't chase speed at a 28 inch draw length. They're a pain in the ass to keep tuned, and they play the speed game. That's their market. That's what they want to be known for in the market. But you go and try to shoot that bow in super cold temperatures, and that draw force cycle is a bitch. <laughs> pull back I pulled back a bear this year and I've been strength training I've been watching your videos and I've been you know you and I have been talking about staying fit and, and you know I've been strength training for the last three months and I went to draw back a bear bow which I think bear makes a very good bow and I had such a hard time drawing it back this year on one of their new bows I couldn't believe it because and dig this so I'm going to draw a 70-pound bare bow back, and I had a hard time drawing the bow back, and I shoot Elite Energy 35 with 80-pound limbs that draws easier than that. Would it be because of put, how Bear's uh, cam system where does it have too much of a lip or something you have to like a hump to get over? There you go. Oh, okay. I yeah. had such a hard time, and we'll break it down like that because that's a perfect way of saying it. I had such a hard time getting over the hump when I was drawing the bow, that my 80-pounder <laughs> was easier. Hmm. I, I think right now when you look at bows, you got to look at what their marketing program is. What, what are they advertising is their thing? Because they're not going to advertise, like take PSC for instance, they're not going to advertise a smooth draw force cycle and a very easy bow to shoot, right? Right, because they're going for their speed. Ad, their ad campaigns are about 359 feet per second. It's always about speed. Now, once in a while, they'll get it right, and they'll, they'll come up with something super smooth. The Evo, when it first came out, I think that's the name of it. It was smooth, and it was fast, um, but keeping in time is tough. And I've talked to pro shooters, and remember, pro shooters are always keeping their bows in tune. Pro shooters are always keeping their bows in tune. A hunter... Pulls his out, average guy, once a year. He looks through his arrows. He's got a couple different kinds of brands in there. Pulls it out. It's not dusty. It's in the case. Goes back in his yard, shoots 20 yards. Arrows fly where they need to go, and he's ready to go. Yeah. I used to be I used to be that guy. My dad used to shoot three different types of arrows. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he doesn't do it now, but back in the day, that's how he would do it. And I think a lot of people are that way. They don't even have a match-grade bullet. I mean, there's no way that you would take a different type of bullet, shove it in a gun, and expect it to go in the same place or the same hole, let's say that. I have to admit on that one, uh, for last few years, um, except last year, it was probably my very first year, but the years before that, I was shooting different broadheads. Um, I mean, I had about two or three the same, but in my uh, set, I had probably one or two additional broadheads that were not the same. Right, right. That's the average guy. So... When you say to the average guy, you should be shooting an elite bow, he says, why? 
my old one shoots fine. Now, depending on how old your bow is, you know, that's, that's a, a variable, we'll say. But if you said, well, your cam system's pretty hard for you to draw back, you know, there's easier stuff to shoot on the market. He has to put the bow in his hand to be able to, to verify that. Because he's not going to just spend the money unless he knows that the bow actually is smoother. But I see a lot of people buy bows and they're brand specific or brand friendly, we'll say, towards one manufacturer. And you look around and they can shoot other bows and they still pick one that is a finicky bow, meaning it comes out of time or it's a speed bow, they're harder to shoot. Um... I want to shoot something that is, and I shoot all the time, and I shoot in rugged terrain, and I'm very fatigued 90% of the time when I am getting into those situations where I'm getting ready for a shot because I've had to hike so far to get there usually, or I've got 17 below zero weather. You want to shoot something that's easy because then you're ruling out variables, and variables are the things that make us unsuccessful. The more variables you have, the less successful you will be. And that is a very hard thing to tell someone why they should buy a new bow. I get it. I mean, I, I've been shooting the same bow since I started almost eight years ago now, I think, no, seven years now. And it's the same one. And um, it's only been the last two years is when I really started thinking about changing up, looking for other bows and more open to what different bows have to offer, um, which is, you know, how the, these episodes are coming out. But knowing myself, I like tinkering with my bow. I like getting down to the nuts and bolts of it, but I do also like something efficient when I know if it's working, if I decide, you know, I'm not going to touch it for an entire year, but when I pull it out, I want it to be able to shoot straight and shoot good. I'd like to know that it's there. And, but I also like knowing I can go in and, mess around with my bow as well um, if I want both of them. But the fact is I have that backup. And when you were talking about the Elite and knowing that you can, you have that option, the everyday shooter that could put it away, pull it back out, and knowing that it's pretty much going to be ready to go when they pull it back out, that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot of new manufacturers out there too right now. And they're start, they're starting, manufacturers are starting to chase Elite. And that took them a lot of hard work and a lot of time to get there. But I think... They they worked hard. And did you know that they weren't even into target archery two years ago? No. I mean, the only time I found out that they even started doing archery for uh, the target archery was like when Lee, when he said, I can shoot um, in tournaments at, with the same bow that I shoot when I go hunting. That I was like, well, that's kind of cool because I know other manufacturers, they have two different styles, different models for the type of uh uh, environment you're going in if you're a hunter or uh, a, a target shooter. Sure. I mean, these guys are hunters and they listen. Everyone in the company hunts. A lot of companies, they're really strong, engineered-based. Some of them don't even hunt. And they build, they build products for hunters. I know one company that if you come to them with a new idea, it has to go through their marketing department first to see if it's a good idea. Are you able to say which company that is? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't care. It's white. I mean, it's not, it's no secret. I mean, the, the guy I had on last week, he even said it when new designs come in, they have a very strict policy of how things go through. It has to meet everything before they go into any type of uh, testing or manufacturing. But, um, there it's interesting. 
I mean, they're very tight. They have designers, developers that are strictly to do one element of the bow. And until the bow's done, some of them never even know what the bow is going to look like until they reveal it. Right. And there's a lot of things there. When you come up with a new idea, it has to be affordable. It has to work for a lot of other people. And it has to make sense for the company to do it. And can the company afford to do it? Elite listens and they seem to keep on listening, you know, all the way with the Cerakoted limb pockets and the way they do things is um, just clean. It's fun. Is that why, I guess their motto is, I believe, respect the game? Is that kind of how they they do their business? No, no, I I wouldn't say that. I think shootability is what they kind of coined that phrase. And and, um, I think what they were looking for was something that everyone could relate to from the very top shooters in the world to the guy that breaks his bow out once a year, takes it out for one week and bow hunts, puts it back in the case, goes back to work, and says he went bow hunting for the year and had a great time. Hmm. You know, thinking about I want to go back. You were mentioning about price points. Say a newbie. Someone's wanting uh-huh. to become into bow hunting. They've never bought a bow before. They have the opportunity to go to a box store or to go to a, a pro shop. And w- if they're deciding, you know what, I love the idea of Elite and I love their style, I love the way they look, so aesthetics is good, you know, important to them as well, especially new people probably want something that looks mean or good looking on top of the bow itself. But what would be a good starting bow that Elite has and what is kind of like the price point average for that person? Well, when you talk about, there's a lot of variables in what you're saying right there. <laughs> right. I, I get that. To, to answer the question, uh, that's I can. Um, their top bows are, you know, high eights, 800, um, is what I mean by that. Okay. And I guess someone that is getting into bow hunting, whether they get into it, it depends how serious they are. It, you know, that's where this variable comes in. Some people, they just want to dabble in stuff. And then some people are off the charts, just kind of, they're crazy. They buy in, they're hooked, they're in, and they just keep on absorbing all information like sponges. I think every customer is different. And as a bow hunter, I know for a fact they want to look cool. They want to have something that, you know, as a newbie, they're not sure about dependent, you know, how you depend on a bow because they really haven't hunted that much. But when you tell them, hey, look, man, you don't like this bow in a year. When you go to sell it, you'll have a higher resale value on this because the warranty transfers over. That resonates well with someone. You can't get a car like that no. for the most part. <laughs> um, I think I think that's a very good question, and, and I don't think I'm answering it very correctly, to be honest with you, because I look at uh, retail and I work in retail now, and it's very, each customer is so different in what they want. You know, some guys will come in and say, hey, I want a bow, and I want to put all my old stuff on this bow. And you're like, well, that rest that you have is pretty old, it's pretty beat up, and it's not going to allow this bow to shoot to its full potential. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and that's something that is tough to tell a, a beginner. You know, if, if I was, like, next year my son is going to start hunting. And I'm probably, probably going to put him into 
the Spirit. And this is a 31-inch, uh, 31 and 7 eighths, axle to axle. It's 3 pounds, 3 pounds, 9 ounces, and which is fairly light for a 12-year-old. And this bow is going to draw easy for him and shoot very well, meaning I'll have a nice rest on it. So I'm going to get the most out of this bow. And I think um, that would be, um, in my opinion, my kid will be spoiled with that setup. Because there's other setups that you can go with with lesser manufactured uh, names, like going to a big box store and buying one of their discount bows, a whole ball of wax for 300 bucks, right? Right. But I'm not looking at that. I want to make sure. It's like when you're a kid, and I don't know if your dad ever took you fishing, but if your dad took you fishing, he gave you the crappy rod. <laughs> Actually, mine was reversed. My dad, when we went fishing, we're at a pond. They took a picture. I was real young, maybe four or five, I think. Um, and I was fishing with his, and he was fishing with my Elmo rod. <laughs> he always gave me his rod. That is the epitome of a good dad right there. I always because, thought so. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's worth a phone call to him and tell him thanks. Because when a dad spent the money on his rod, but he's willing to give it to his son or daughter to fish with, he wants that person to be successful. Well, I would like my son to be successful. I want to put the right gear in his hand, but obviously I don't want to spoil him either. Um, but that's my option, just like any dad. But I want, to, I want him to have a, a good weapon that is going to last him a few years. I, I did get him a, a real affordable kid's bow. And he shot it for maybe a year in the backyard. And, and uh, you know, he's like, ah, I don't want that release. You know, he couldn't figure out how to, like, control his, you know, he was only three years old. Let's keep this in mind. Let me back up. <laughs> so he's three years old. He's in the backyard. And I'm trying to get him to use a release and, and you know, look through this peep and, you know, look, you know, through the peep and then put the, you know, the pin in there and then, you know, squeeze through the shot. And I, and I was always very, very patient with him and just let him shoot, you know. And, of course, I had to go, you know, a couple arrows got a little stray over in the neighbor's yard, but it's okay. <laughs> no um, cats were uh, killed on this video or this yeah, audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was asked that, you know, hey, can I shoot that squirrel? And I'm like, well, oh, you know... Mom sees you do that, you're going to have to eat that squirrel. And he's like, I'm not going to shoot that squirrel. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, as that newbie comes in, to get back, to round back to your question, I think it's important for them to spend what they have. What is important to all the manufacturers is that a new hunter comes about. And when he or she comes, they're happy, all of them. Of course, they would like them to buy their bow. Of course. But in all honesty, they're happy that they're hunting and they're enjoying what they learned early on and what they loved and then they made it their job. And then they continue to push the envelope of innovation. And so I would say you buy what you can afford. We're all happy that you're coming aboard. Well said. So basically the point of fact is that... To get started, you just need to get started. Just learn along the way, and you can start finding what's right for you while you're in that process. I think so. I think to be able to to start is so important. I mean, they're making a commitment. Oh, yeah. Expensive a commitment, not at that. I mean, I think it's potentially could be a little bit more than even uh, if you're a rifle shooter. 
when you get into archery, <laughs> it's it gets pricey. Yeah, you got to watch your sales, and you got to know what you're buying, and uh, you know, go out and work hard for your dollar. Buying a bow that doesn't have a good warranty, that kind of sucks, right? Because you, you you're looking for an insurance policy. Yeah. And who stands who stands behind their bow? Because that really says it all. In my eyes, now I'm I'm 47 years old, but in my eyes, who stands behind their equipment? Well, that's the one thing I have not really put much thought into the idea of uh, a warranty until I've always thought just the warranty is to help protect it whenever it got damaged. But knowing that the idea you could turn around and resell it, I'm in that boat right now where I'm currently my bow. If I'm wanting to purchase another bow, I have to get rid of mine first to help pay for the new bow. And knowing that, well, I don't have that type of resale value because I can't turn around. My bow is pretty old. Even though it's warrantied for me, the next person I get it, it's, you know, good luck. Hopefully they don't break it. And knowing that if I had an elite and I had that resale uh, value, that sounds more intriguing for the next time I want to sell a bow to get a newer bow. That gives me a lot of uh, options that I didn't have before. Bargaining options, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, knowing that the elite bows themselves one the aesthetics looks very simple very clean but based on the things that you've told me and when i had the opportunity to shoot them it is it's a clean bow easy to shoot and i well i mean knowing that there's so many different bows out there but that warranty thing that kind of keeps hitting back in my mind of that's something i'd never thought about before and even with a listener that might be new when they're trying to purchase their new bow that's something they should possibly keep in mind as well because if they, most people when they buy their first bow, they might want to upgrade or anything. They usually buy one thing and one day they want to buy a new one. Having that in their pocket for an ability to exchange to something else, that's a lot of value. That gives them buying power for the next time around. More money when it comes to resell. I would keep a bow, for any listener, I would keep a bow no longer than three years. I fell off of that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm still at, uh, ever since day one, so seven years, I'm a little behind. But uh, that's why I'm in that process of wanting to find the new bow. I think a lot of people are, but here's the deal. When you start rolling them over, one, you become more knowledgeable about what you're doing and understanding how a bow shoots. Two, when you're rolling them over, you're getting more for your va- more value out of the bow. Maybe every two years you sell it. Because it's still pretty much relevant within the, the time, or I guess not the time scale, but um, what's out there currently because it's only been a year or two old. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly where a guy is looking to save that kind of money. You know what I mean? He wants to buy a bow, he buys a used one, but he wants a nice one. Well, you know, going thinking about the idea of the different bows, uh, I really do like that you came on and shared with us about the elites. I know you've been shooting them for a while and you've liked them and... Uh, they brought you onto the family, so you've kind of gotten a really good insight of their company. But yeah. what I really did like is that you you did simplify the conversation. You did make it where it wasn't too techy. You know, going into the idea of elite, the way you described it made it very simple. And um, anyone that's new or even an average uh, shooter, I mean, it's a great company to look at, especially wanting to buy their either the first bow or a new bow. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that today that have a hard time just talking to people and giving them the straight answer. <laughs> you know, getting super techie and getting into some of those things, um, that's kind of what they're taught to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's like a, a it's almost like a used salesman uh, for a car. Yeah, they just got the punchline of what this thing can have and trying to get it all out there real quick. Just the one that makes them sound like they know what they're talking about, but they might not even know what some of these things that they're even describing. Most of them are killers. That's the big thing. They're hunters. They take their boats for walks, but they're not killers. The big difference. Well, man, I guess we can uh, finish up with that. That was a really good way to end it. I mean, I do appreciate you coming on. I know tomorrow you're leaving to go on a hunt. Is that correct? Or are you stock or just spot and stocking for right now? No, I'm 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 leaving tomorrow at three o'clock. Very excited. I will be on a seven day mule deer hunt, and I will be filming the whole time. I won't be hunting. Oh, really? But I'll be. I let me rephrase that. I will be hunting with my camera. And I have to make sure that I press the record button to make sure that um, I get that uh, that vital shot. And my buddy's going to be uh, Chris Applegate, a very close friend of mine, super mellow guy here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, just hooked up with him about a year and a half, about a year ago. It's been two years now that we've been friends. And, uh, you know, we're going to go to a really cool spot in a limited entry unit, uh, which means you have to put in every year to draw points. And he was fortunate enough to do that this year. So we're going to go and play uh, with everybody else. There'll be lots of people there driving around on their four-wheelers and enjoying the hunt with us. Well, Anthony, I do appreciate you taking the time take, uh, out of your you know, family life, getting things raised, especially for your hunt tomorrow and sharing with us, especially for the elite bows. I think the people that are going to be listening will learn something that will be useful for them when it comes down to purchasing their first bow. And that a key point where you said the warranty is I think that hopefully they'll keep that in the back of their mind when they decide to choose whatever bow they're going after. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Have fun in your hunt. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. One of the things I really like about Anthony, and I'm pretty sure you've heard it over these last few episodes that we've had him on, is that he is willing to speak his mind. If it's something that he doesn't like, he shares about it. He's tried many bows. In this episode, he gave his honest opinion about each that he's talked about. And so take it for a grain of salt. What he said it's his opinion. And if it applies and it makes sense to you, take it. If it doesn't seem to make sense to you, don't worry about it. It's just information based on someone's personal point of view that's using Elite as their choice of bow. And so that's the cool thing about him. I love that he's open and he's willing to share what he has to say. And that's what makes this show great is that we are completely trying to be non-biased. If someone wants to be free in what they want to say, we're going to allow them. Okay, so now we've done two no, make that three different episodes on three different bow manufacturers. We've done APA Archery from Canada. We've now also done Hoyt Archery. And we just finished up with Elite Archery. All three companies are fantastic bows. They make incredible bows. And it, the great part is it kind of gives you an idea of which ones you might want to take a look at and shoot. What's really cool is that now you're getting to understand some of the things that maybe you've read on the websites. You know, the thing about it is when you read things on the web, it can only go so far. Hearing from somebody the elements that these companies do provide, the different bows they make, it gives you that extra point of view so you can have a better educational decision when you come to purchasing your first bow or your new bow. And I keep saying that, your first bow or your new bow, because honestly, there are so many people out there just starting to get into archery. They might be getting in late. 
And so this can be their very first bow. And uh, I hope that this show and the other two have been very useful. Um, I hope the next ones come out are going to be just as useful. So if you like what you've heard and you want to try, if you want to try the bows that I've already had on the show, awesome. Check them out. You might love what you found. I know I kind of went on a rant at the very beginning of the show talking about if you want to be a hunter and you want to confront people, awesome. But if you don't have all the facts, step away from it. I know it's a rant. It's my own personal opinion. You can take it however you feel, but I think it will be better off allowing the people that can speak on our behalf in the best way so we can keep our rights to hunt. There's a smart way and there's a negative way. You have a choice. Hopefully that you will make the right choice when that time comes. Myself, I feel like if I ever got confronted, I will make the right decision either to confront the person and speak my personal belief about hunting. But if I feel like someone that I just can't get across my point of view, I'll back away. Let them say their rant, let them be done with it and move on. But, um, you know, hunting is going to be around for the rest of our lives. There's really no way to take it away. But uh, I don't want to be a negative cause to make people push us out as far as they can before we can just say stop. So, um, okay, so next week, hopefully we'll have another episode from another bow manufacturer. Um, I'm shooting for Matthews or Bear. We'll see how that goes. If you liked our show, I'd really appreciate if you can go to mybowrush.com forward slash iTunes. Leave us a five-star review if you felt that these shows have given you some sort of value. I do appreciate that, by the way, for the people that have done that. Um, we also have a web page on our site that gives you all our social links. It is follow us. So just go to mybowrush.com, click on our follow us link. It'll let you know where you can subscribe to our show. It'll let you see our different social channels and how you can reach us. And, um, and guys, if you haven't gotten your bow out yet for the hunting season, you better be starting soon because right now we are getting close. The weather is getting cooler. Well, actually it's getting hotter, but once it starts getting cooler, hunting season, archery season is just around the corner. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Tune in next week as we try to bring you another awesome jam packed full of information, either being a bow, some cool story. We'll have something to tie you over until archery season starts up. I'm your host, Travis Doe. Have a good night. Take care, you guys.